0: 25 years. Okay. We're going to do something right quick. Um, uh, Yesterday was incredible. Uh, Love the rock. I know many of you participated and it was just to kind of give you a high level view uh, a little bit is that uh, we had 40 congregations, Round Rock congregations involved yesterday. Uh, Original signups were 1,000 and then we had uh, more show up. So they're, they're still going to get a final count. It's probably between 11 and 1200 somewhere of people who came out yesterday morning to to serve in various ways. And we're getting reports back of just some great God stories. And so what I want to do just right quick, I'm only going to take a couple of you, is just to share a quick God story. Maybe what you did, just a quick story of, of how God used uh, maybe what you you were involved in yesterday, because we we don't get all of these. I'm giving you a few minutes to think about it. But, uh, first service, the testimonies were incredible. I mean, just to hear what God did yesterday as the large body of Christ came together, uh, to, to serve the city. It was, it was incredible. And it was, um, you know, the, the initial vision behind Love the Rock was just some of us pastors got together and we began to pray and talk about what we could do in a tangible way to open up uh so that we can love on our community and so the initial vision was how do we put the love of jesus on display in our community so that eventually maybe conversations spiritual conversations will open up so that we can share the love of of christ in a verbal way and uh what has happened is this is the third large love the rock we've been able to do and it increases every year uh what's what's going on and so that was the vision. That's what took place. And so, uh, we're just gonna, um, just a couple of you. I want to hear, uh, maybe how, our God used, uh, your team or what you were doing yesterday. And maybe it helped somebody else catch the vision of what was going on yesterday. So who wants to go first, uh, right quick? Good night. First service jumped on it. Okay. What are you pointing? Peter out? Peter, can you, can you talk? Sorry, Peter. <laughs> Say something, Peter. Somebody else
1: will jump in. Hey, so my name is Peter, and um, thank you, honey. <laughs> I've been married 20 years now. Anyway, Love the Rock is a great thing. It's been going on for a long time, and many churches are come together, and it's, you know, I've just been telling the story of, It's, it made me feel proud to be part of this church, you know, that share the church that i go to and also encourage that we are one community of churches yeah. out there and you know um we went over to uh success high school and we did a lot of um landscaping and things like that but i think the the real stories that touched people were just connecting about going to church and you know there was people we met that didn't have a church yeah. and you know i told them that central might not be the place for you. There's many churches out there. We are all one big church. And just to listen to some of their stories and pray for them. Yeah. And it was a great time for me and my son to be together. Yeah. You know, And I appreciate you guys doing all this. Yeah. This is a great thing.
0: That's great, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else, right quick. Can you pass that down to Carol?
1: I'm Carol Regley, and I was on the smoke detector crew, and um, one of the houses we went to, um, no one answered the door, and then a lady kind of started talking to us through a window, and it turned out her husband uh, had been sick for quite a while, and they haven't been able to go to church. She's pretty much shut in with him as his caregiver, and we prayed with her through the window. And um, she just said that that meant so much to her. Later on, she got dressed and came out and talked to us and asked if maybe someone could come back and do her bushes. But she just thanked us so much for coming and praying with her because she'd been so isolated. And so it was just so neat to, you know, even even through a window, you know, God was able to touch her heart and encourage her in her situation. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Carol. Um, yeah. I, I got to ask this question. I, I do have a word to share this morning, but but if anybody just kind of fills it up that that you're going to bust if you don't share it, I want to make sure we hear about it. So, is anybody about to bust right now? Okay, okay, Stephanie. Yeah.
1: So our family was painting numbers, house numbers on curbs, and. Um, one lady came out. She was like, "Oh no, don't paint, don't paint it. I don't have any money to give you." Mm-hmm. And we were like, "No, no, no, it's free. We're just here to love on you and make sure first responders can get to your house if you ever need it." And she started crying and she said, "My husband, or, my son, just committed suicide." Oh my God. And she said, "You know, we're just, we're grieving and we're hurting." And the the children saw it and just kind of went into her story. So I said, "Can I pray with you?" And she just sobbed. It. it was just really like just a tangible. Oh, that's God on her. you oh, man. He the opportunity of painting herbs.
0: Yeah, there you go. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, you you earn the right to be heard. You know, you love in a tangible way so that we are we are there. And that's, that's the church. I mean, uh, and we're getting stories like that all over the place just about what God did yesterday. And, um, you know, in our... Way of doing church, we turn church into walls and uh forgive us Lord for not being the body in uh in Jesus and skin just loving on people, so I appreciate that, and they're just the stories that we're hearing of open doors, just to love on people and uh you know the the church in our day has not had in a, in America it's not had a real positive name and so it is so good to uh, just to go love on our community with people and and the pastors as we get together we talk about there's one church just different expressions we we want to love Jesus together and we want to demonstrate that and so i'm so uh, proud of you central for leading you don't you don't only you don't just participate uh, you lead and uh, i appreciate that because to me um you know we may never be the largest congregation in Round Rock. That's probably not going to happen. Um, but I always want to be a community of believers here that if we were to close our doors, the city would know it automatically. I want to be that um, demonstrating of Jesus Christ in our community. So I thank you for being out there in the forefront. And uh, you're going to see those Love the Rock t-shirts all over the place. And um And I'm just so uh, grateful to you for that. And uh, but, you know, um, I want to I want to shift gears just a moment that we saw evil incarnate again yesterday in a synagogue in Pittsburgh. And um, boy, um, we we saw it. It makes me so uh, appreciative of our safety team here and and everything that they do. That's a great group that uh, um, are here all the time. But uh I wanted us just to stop and pray for um, the synagogue in there in Pittsburgh and to pray uh just for God's light to go out where there's evil. So uh bow with me if you would. Father, we bow before you today. Lord, nothing is hidden from you. We know and Lord, you, you were not turning a blind eye yesterday in Pittsburgh and Lord in our finiteness we, we struggle. And um, Lord, uh, but we trust you and Lord, today we come uh, praying peace over those folks there. Uh, Lord, we pray that your reality is very uh, true to them right now. Lord, we pray uh, even for ourselves, Lord, that we may be light in dark places. And so, Lord, uh, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done lord uh, here on earth as it is in heaven we ask this today in jesus name amen amen uh 25 years that's crazy in a couple of weeks we're going to be celebrating 25 years as a congregation and i and i kind of been uh thinking through um those 25 years a little bit in a reflective way but our desire is not to spend a whole lot of time in reflection we want to look at where god may be taking us and so we're going to be looking at that but i uh I just was praying in the build-up to that as we look at these greater things of the Lord. I remember right when Central came together, I'm not going to go into all the history, but in 1993 is actually when Central started. Uh, it was a birth of God uh, uh, that took place, and uh, we give God all the glory for it. But uh, I remember when we first came together, we had to worship across. The only building we had was that front little uh, building up there. And uh, we we worshipped across the street at uh, Round Rock High School. Then we'd come over for classes until we figured out how to do multiple services and that kind of thing. We just felt like it was important to all come together. So the old uh, old high school cafeteria over there, we would we would worship in there. And, and uh, I just remember coming coming in there every Sunday, and uh, uh, chairs were set up and all this kind of stuff. Well, we're uh, I would speak from uh, many of you graduate from Round Rock High School. You remember that dragon mural? that was on the, uh, that it, it all, where I spoke from, it looked like it was eating my head the the whole time. So, uh, so I decided I'm going to, I'm going to, I was going to do something about it one Sunday because somebody said, Mark, it looks like a demon's eating your head. Okay. Let's see what we can do about that. Uh, and so I, we had some praise banners and, uh, uh, Judy, you'll get a kick out of this. I, I, uh, put it, I put it over the dragon head, one of our praise banners. And, uh, Lo and behold, I forgot it on Sunday. So uh, Monday, uh, it uh, uh, comes around. Dr. Russell calls me up, and uh, Mark, and we we were friends. I mean, he could be transparent. Well, Dr. Russell's going to tell me how it is anyway. He said, uh, he said, Mark, he said, uh, that mural costs fifteen hundred dollars, and you put holes in it. Oh, I just put thumbtacks. It wasn't like it ruined ruined it. I didn't think. And, uh, but he, he let me know and he said, but I got your banner. You can come get it. I said, I appreciate that. Just don't stick it up again. I said, that's fine. The mural may not exist anymore. We're still going, but, but, uh, that, that, uh, just those early days of, and we, we had to borrow everything, you know, nothing was ours. It was, uh, it was really an interesting, interesting time that we came together as a church, but to think 25 years later, um, is just amazing. And in fact, uh, I wanted to say this in two weeks, we're going to have just one service, 10 o'clock, big tent out on the grounds. We're going to have a meal afterwards. It's going to be a great time, so we want to encourage you to be there. Your your kids today, if they're in school, um, kindergarten through uh, high school, uh, they should have gotten one of these today. If not, we'll make sure they get one. This is an We're inviting every principal to come. We're going to have a time where we just pray. Central is best known for giving itself away, so we want to pray over every principal. I share this with you as parents because... Uh, you, your kid may bring it home and they may say, oh, they gave us this. We don't know what to do. You're going to know what to do is you just write the principle in there. I, I'm thinking about it this way. I think if, uh, you know, if I was a principal and I had five, six, ten of my kids come in and all handed me one of those, I think I'd come. And so uh, we just want them to come. We just want we believe it's part of our community love to uh, pray over principles. So I share that with you um, because we're going to be doing that. I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter two because uh, uh I've I've just been reflecting and and um this has been an interesting little stretch um for for not just us personally uh Pam and I but but for for just the church and ministry and these kind of things. Uh if you were here Friday, man Bob uh Robbie's service was incredible and uh you experienced the love of Christ as a dear Dear loved one and saint in the Lord, had her home come into transition to be the presence of the Lord. And, Bob, we pray over you, just God's comfort and peace with you. Uh, and uh, then yesterday was Love the Rock, and today uh, uh pr- appreciate Spirit 10, 105.9 being here. And uh, uh then we got the 25th anniversary. It's just like a lot of dominoes have been falling here. And and so i just really been praying, Lord, how do we prep so that we... We hear from you, especially going into 25 years. I don't want to just celebrate. I want to make sure we're moving forward with what you have for us. And in Acts chapter 2, I want you to find it. I'm going to read it, and then I want to come back and unpack some things with you a little bit, if you'll let me to do that today. Acts chapter 2, I want to begin in verse 41, and I'm just going to read through verse 47 straight through, and then I'll come back a little bit, and we'll, we'll see what God has for us today as we uh, go through this. It says this, it says, verse 41, those who accepted his message, this was actually Peter's sermon, so that you understand, the the Holy Spirit came upon this group of people as they're praying, and uh, Peter stands up, and he begins to preach, and he begins to preach the message about that Jesus is real, that uh, you killed him, basically, and he rose from the dead, and he is alive today, and they said, man... What do we do? They were cut to the heart. What do we do? And he says, Repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and be baptized, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, he lays it right out to them. And so they accepted this message, and they were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. I started thinking back uh, about a conference I went to way back in 1990, which is early in the ministry. thought I'd be in student ministry forever, and the Lord had another plan. And so I thought I'd better learn about this senior pastor thing a little bit. I went to a conference that was well-known throughout the com- country. I went to it, and one of the major things they said is, you need to look at your community, and you need to target who is in your community, just like if you were going on a mission field or... uh you know, this kind of thing. You need to target. So I came back and I remember I got my legal pad and I just sat down and, and knowing Round Rock. So I started describing Mr. and Miss Round Rock. And I, and I can tell you then it hasn't changed a whole lot now, maybe in some demographic areas, but I started thinking about Mr. and Miss Round Rock. And so I thought, okay, they're in their thirties and forties raising young family. This is who's moving here. This is, this is who is in the area. They have 2.7 children. Uh, many of them are on their second marriage. They are well educated. They have more money than their parents made. They're living in a nicer house than they grew up in. They're driving nicer cars than than they had with their family. They've they've chosen to take on a high debt load. They're skilled in the high tech um, area. Politically conservative. The the most precious commodity. That they had then, and it still today is, time. There was their most precious commodity. Um, they would make a high investment of time and resources into their children. The, most of these have not changed, but they would make a high investment of their resources and their time into their children. They had some spiritual background but because they were so concerned in getting their family and new business, because they've moved to an area, that got put on the back burner. They, uh they, they their marriage stress was anywhere from medium to high, and they uh, had few deep relationships, a lot of surface relationships. But everybody was moving here, and the depth of relationships was minimal. And then, and most of them at that time had lived in Round Rock just like today, less than 10 years. And so the demographics have not changed much. So that, the, the philosophy that you had in ministry was you look at your target, and then what you do with your target is you, you see what their needs are. And so, you know, what are the needs of the people? Well, they need rest. They need community. They need purpose. These kind of things. And so what you did is you would take Mr. and Miss Round Rock, and you would take your programs at your church and you would try to do what you could in through your programs to attract this target. The second thing you would do is you would market to their felt needs that were there. And then you would appeal to their belonging, that we have what you need and you can come here. And then, fourthly, your success would be determined by the numbers that come. This, was, this is what was thrown out. In itself, there's nothing wrong with that except what you would discover is you would spend all your energies trying to please Mr. and Miss Round Rock that you weren't even pleasing the Lord. And I just discovered that. Now, you know, I've been in the ministry forever, it seems like, in a staff position. And so I understand strategies, and I understand certain things that come along, But but I've also figured out in my life that that I can please everybody and displease the Lord. And, and I can't do that. And so my prayer has been, God, we want to please your heart. Because I've discovered that if we're pleasing him, he bears the fruit. It, it doesn't mean that we don't do what we're supposed to do. It just means that we want to please him in, in what is, is happening. And so our target. And I wish it was 100% of the time, but our target should be, God, what do you want? God, what do you want? Because you see, the reason I wanted to start with verse 41, it says those who accepted what Peter had to say, those that accepted the gospel, those who welcomed it in, that took it in. Most of you in this room are followers of Jesus Christ. At some time, you came to that point of, Jesus is real. He did raise from the dead. I receive him as my Savior. And it says those that accepted that. I wanted to start there because many times we start with verse 42 that says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. In other words, we take those four elements and we turn them into a strategy, thinking that that strategy will help people to accept the Lord instead of seeing what God has done. Now, this automatically happens. Now, I want that to make sense to you, because when you, you desire to follow after Christ, and I know we can say, well, Mark, most of our community doesn't desire to follow after Christ. They they just aren't that way. I tell you what, things like yesterday make following Jesus attractive. And when people like Stephanie are able to pray with somebody who is going through that, that is attractive. People are lonely People want to know that there is a God that cares for them. And i got to be honest with you, they don't know what's going on here on a Sunday. They don't know what's happening in this room. And we can think, well, if they would just come. Listen, they're not going to just come. We've got to be where they're at. And so what happens is, is those that accepted, then what God started doing, it wasn't like they had a strategy and say, man, how can we reach 3,000 in one day? Man, let's plan that out. No, God did it. Bang! We, we, the pastors in the area, have discovered that if every church service was full in Round Rock, in the evangelical churches, that uh, in the number of services, we have two services, most churches have two services. If every one of them was full, we would only be able to house about 28,000 people. Well, good night. Round Rock alone, you take in the ETJ, is over 150,000. People come from Georgetown. People come from Hutto. People come from Cedar Park. So it's not, you know, we're, we're looking at an area that if God were to pour himself out, what are we going to do with it? Well, he will show us. We just pray, God, pour yourself out. But what happened is, is that these 3,000 people came to Christ, and the next thing that happened wasn't a strategy. It just happened. And there were four things. It said, first of all, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Well, who were the apostles? The apostles were those that walked daily with Jesus. They haven't written anything out yet. They did have the scriptures of the Old Testament, but they wanted to hear from the apostles. What did they want to hear? They wanted to hear, how can we follow Jesus? How can we know more about Jesus? They, these were unlearned men, the Scripture says. They weren't brilliant men. They weren't standing up there giving a lecture to know everything. You and I have more in the Scriptures than they had. But they wanted to follow them. They wanted to hear from them. They wanted to follow the apostles' teaching. It's the same thing today. If we hunger for God, we want to hunger for Him. We want to know, man, how do I follow Christ how can I become more like him? How can I feed this desire that's in me to become more like Christ? And they devoted themselves to that, to that teaching. Now, for us, we have the Scriptures. But I can, I've can got to be honest with you. You can memorize Genesis to maps and still not grow in your faith. You have got to understand the desire of your heart is not to know the Scriptures. The desire of yourself, your heart is to know Jesus. And the scriptures, Jesus, and how many times do we hear this quoted? The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Listen, the most secular person on the planet can quote that part of the verse. The first part of it is Jesus said, you will know me. And that truth is what will set you free. It's not just knowing some element of truth. He is truth. And as we know him, then we walk in that freedom. But it automatically happened that they became devoted to what the apostles had to say because they wanted to know, how hungry are you? How hungry am I? Let's just be honest. How hungry are we to truly become more like Christ? It scares me. We can, we can say, oh man, look at the church. You do understand the church is growing everywhere else in the world except in America. And it makes me wonder, how hungry are we for Jesus? Our affluence is killing us. But they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Number two, it says they devoted themselves continually to fellowship. Now, what is fellowship? Fellowship is more than just eating hamburgers together and pizza and, and having a good time. Fellowship, the word is koinonia. It, uh, that was the Greek word. Uh, literally, the way I picture it is, it's two people in the same boat going the same direction. It's community. You're headed the same direction. Pam and I went to Costa Rica many years ago. We went on a mission trip one year, but then we went for pleasure one year. And uh, we decided to uh, get out in a two-man kayak out into the ocean. Uh, that, we're, we're okay. Um, but... We got into the kayak and we were in the same kayak, but we weren't going the same direction. And strong will, whatever it may have been, we, uh, we were not going the same direction at that moment. Where I'm going with this is just because you're sitting in this building doesn't mean you have community. Yesterday we saw it incredibly, didn't we not? Let me tell you something. Uh, you rubbed shoulders with, with some great people yesterday that, get this, love Jesus as much as you do, and their stream is different than ours. But you know something? That's cool. That is really cool to me. I can handle diversity. And so what we saw, though, was the church in the same boat going the same direction. And that's what these people were hungry for. They they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. How do we become more like Christ? We want to follow him closely, and then how can we do that with other people? It's amazing how many people love Jesus but could care less about his bride. That concerns me. We now uh, let me be honest. I think it's sometimes our fault. But they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. And then thirdly, it says, to the breaking of bread. Now, what is that? Most scholars believe that that is actually talking about the Lord's Supper. You know, we have the Lord's Supper every week. A couple of weeks ago, we did it all together. Um, it's the, it's the, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. It's twofold. One is its intimacy, its worship, its intimacy of worship. Number two, it keeps the short accounts of wrong. You know what I'm talking about? If you've got uh, disobedience, you've got sin in your life, you've got a broken relationship, man, it, it makes you want to get that right, you know? It makes you want to get it right before you come to the table. So to me, when it says they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, how do I follow, how do I follow Jesus closely? Fellowship, I want to do it with other people so that we're going together. Thirdly, the breaking of bread, it's worship. It's giving of myself in worship. I want to be close to him. I want to be intimate with him. See, it's the same thing today. We, do we truly really worship? I mean, do we truly come before him to worship him? I, I, this is what happens a lot of times. This service will end in a little bit. And, and just like all over town, all over America, services will end. Discussions will be like this. What did you think of worship today? Well, the music was a little loud. I, I'm not sure I like the songs they picked out. I, you know, uh, uh, man, Mark went a little long. You know, uh, I, I just, man, I, I, did you see what she was wearing? I mean, you know, we get, we get into this. That is how we describe worship. The question is, was God present? Was he here? 1 Corinthians 14. They were moved because they knew God was among them. And I I just wonder if we're so busy talking about preferences that we miss out on God. They devoted themselves, because of what God was doing in their life, to the teaching, to the the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, intimacy of worship, and then the last one was to prayer. It was automatic; they became praying people because they saw in intimacy with God. they saw He was their whole life. God, I come before you in prayer I, I, I think we we have some good praying going on as a church you know it 's been my statement before i don 't want to be a church that prays. I want to be a praying church, and there 's a difference in the two i I appreciate uh, the unceasing prayer. Uh, opportunity that we're a part of that's huge that's now got over 70 churches in the austin area and we're part of that that we're praying the second monday of every month we're praying for those 24 hours if you're not on that on that prayer list you can pray anyway but we'd love to get you on that list it's a big deal. Every small group in Bible Fellowship has their own prayer opportunity, the prayer chain that's going on. We, we believe prayer is vital that we take place in here. The, Wednesday night, uh, Jim Rowan leads, leads a prayer time. I, I'm just saying there are pockets of great prayer. But is it automatic? Is it like breathing to us? You know, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They wanted to become like Christ. They, they, they had the community. They had this uh, worship that they were seeking after. And then what they were longing for, they they lifted up in prayer. It was just automatic. Automatic. I, I wonder what's automatic in me. I, I, I'm not even going to just be preacher man and come heavy on you. I wonder what's just automatic in me. If I get squeezed, what is really going to come out? If I am really saying that I'm a follower of Jesus, do I resemble him at all? Do I resemble that, that I am hungry for him in such a way that I want to I hear about him, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to I worship, I want to pray? I want to be that kind of church. And I think about 25 years, and I think that we have seen that. I, I, listen, I don't have a problem with targeting people. Somebody is going to say, "Well, Mark, look at the worship we do. It's kind of targeting a certain you know to be honest with you, I like this kind of worship, and so i that's just that's me. I love new songs to the Lord. I love to to come before the Lord and just lift it up and and and, and I know somebody' say well that's not my my preference I'm sorry I, I I please come in and look for jesus and and that's what i want but but you know." what i want to do is i want to ask god what do you want lord I, I and i and i've kind of pushed the staff that direction too is that is that let's ask ourselves what does jesus want today what what do you want lord i mean the temptation is to come and use a, a illustration that will I, I want to be clear the bible is very clear on giving a clarion call you give a clear call but but the temptation is is to do what's going to please Man, instead of asking, Lord, what, what, what are you pleased with? And you know what I love? I love that the rest of that passage is they accepted the message. These things automatically happen. And then the awe of God fell. When was the last time you really experienced the awe of God? I mean, I, I got to be honest. I was looking at one of those sunsets the other day. Whew. That returned me to awe. But I mean the awe of God, the heaviness of God. Why do I share this today? I think I share it um, because I in myself am am saying, God, okay, I want to finish strong. I I want to finish strong. What all that means, I don't know. But I know that when I read your scriptures, I know that sometimes what I read and what I experience and what we experience... Are not quite the same. And so God. By your spirit. Would you turn us in. To what you want us to be. Not that this isn't a good place. But you know. Good can become status quo. We want to push on to best. I'll end with this. Um, it was Gosh. I lose track of time. The older you get. You lose track of time. And uh, but I guess it was a year and a half ago when they the city of Austin came to pastors and said, we want you to pray because the drought is so bad. We need to pray. And so there was a gathering at Hyde Park Baptist Church and uh, uh, several of us pastors were on the, the thing and this kind of stuff. And about a thousand people there. We began to pray. There was the drought at its height. And uh, what happened is, is it began to rain. It hasn't stopped basically, and it began to rain. And uh, I, uh, I heard, um, uh, you know, when we were in Israel, that Lake Travis was up to 140 percent. And uh, I know that and so they had to open all the gates. If you've ever seen those gates, the power is incredible what comes out of those gates. It's just amazing uh, what comes out if you've ever seen those. And I started thinking about that. And, you know, when the lake was low, they still were taking water out of it. But it took work. It took work. It took work to get the water out of it. But let me tell you, when it's flooding like that, there's more power coming out than ever came from that man-made sucking out of the lake. Where I'm going with this is on a spiritual level. We can keep sucking out God, do this and do this. And and the water will come. The fountain will come because God's spirit is always faithful. But let me tell you something. When he's full and overflowing, it comes and changes lives more than ever. And we're not working at it. We're just experiencing it. My prayer is that the Spirit of God will be so strong, not just in Central, but I'm telling all in Round Rock, I'm telling you that His church in America, that there would be an overflow just like we're seeing at Lake Travis, that all we've got to do is open the gates and people are going to say, I need that, I'm thirsty, I need a drink, I need a drink. And that's what I pray. But you may be here today, and I want you to just bow your heads with me just a moment. You may be here today and you're thinking, Mark, I'm as dry as dust spiritually. I continue to go to church because it's habit, but Lord, but but you 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 are asking the Lord to uh, to fill you up. Listen, I think He's in the filling up business today. I think He's still in the healing business. I think that He is in the restoration business. I think that uh, uh, He still restores um, relationships and marriages. He he. Bring salvation to the wanderers, I know that some of you have prayed earnestly for your children, just like we have. you know, Lord, bring them back, bring them back, and uh, the wandering, and I believe God still do, does that. I believe God still physically heals. I believe that He brings peace to troubled minds. I, I believe He does this today, and uh, he still fills to overflowing rivers of living water. And I think sometimes he's waiting for us to ask. Uh, There may be a blockage that uh, is a disobedient heart or uh, uh, some sin area that you've just held on to, unforgiveness. I don't know what it may have been. And he's asking you today, are you willing to come open-handed? Open-handed today.